0: Today on the podcast, Jim and I will be discussing how our kids are interacting with their grandparents during COVID, and we'll give you a couple of new ideas that might work for you. Hi everyone, this is Dave from the Papa Fatigue podcast, the podcast for dads, by dads. On the show today, Jim and I will be discussing how our kids are interacting with their grandparents during COVID, and we'll give you a couple ideas on how your kids might interact with their grandparents as well. But before we get started, here's a little bit about us. I'm a father of two, I have a seven-year-old girl, and a four-year-old boy.
1: Yeah, I'm a father of two girls, seven and five.
0: So let's start off with maybe establishing sort of a baseline for people to understand. You know what our situations were like pre-COVID. So if you could talk a little bit, Jim, maybe about how far away the grandparents are and how often your kids saw their grandparents pre-COVID.
1: Yeah, we're really lucky that our grandmothers uh, live fairly nearby. They're both about an hour away. They're in different directions, but we because of that we ended up seeing them pretty frequently. We would see my wife's mom at least once a month, maybe more than that, uh, certainly as the kids have been. You know, now that they're five and seven, uh, when they were younger, we didn't really visit all that much. And then and then my mom lives close to my brother, and my niece and nephew are the same ages as my daughters. And so we ended up going down there more frequently because it became a family event, and the kids could play together, and, you know, we get to see, uh, you know, my mom and my brother and my sister-in-law at the same time. So I'd say, again, maybe once, month certainly once a month and maybe twice a month and in fact now that i'm thinking about it we had uh, we have on the calendar we have a, a standing family appointment at least once a month and you know if it's at least on the calendar if we can't make it that day then we know that we can reschedule it for another day so mm-hmm. uh, particularly for the the kids to be growing up together so yes visiting with the grandmo- grandmothers is important for them to have their relationship but having the, the cousins there was helpful too
0: on my end My wife's parents live abroad, so not a ton of change other than the fact that we were supposed to all go to Washington, D.C. for the summer, which obviously didn't happen. But my parents live five minutes away, which is great. So pre-COVID, we used to go over for weekly dinners on Friday, which was kind of a nice way my my brother would come. So it would be my parents, my brother, and and so there were about seven of us. And and that was a, a lot of fun. And then This year, my mother was actually supposed to pick up our son from school when he started in pre-K four. Obviously that didn't happen, but she used to do that when our daughter was in that same school at pre-K four. And that was great. It was kind of a a way for them to bond and have some fun together and, um, you know, really engage. So unfortunately, none of those things happened, obviously. So why don't we switch maybe to now, you know, what is our situation like now and how often our kids see their grandparents in person in the COVID days?
1: Not very frequently. We, My mother-in-law's got a big house and a big yard, so when the weather was nicer earlier in the year, we'd go up there and we could hang out outside. We'd socially distance, everyone wore the masks. But it was uh, fairly infrequent. Both of our, both of our mothers, or the grandmothers, are at high risk for the virus, and so we wanted to be very careful. And, and also for my wife and I, we, not necessarily that high risk, we just don't have a lot of backstop as far as backup childcare and other resources, so we've tried to be very careful. Uh, so in the summertime, you know, actually, now that I think about it, it's probably about once a month still. And, uh, you know, hanging out outside in the backyard. But now that it's colder, I don't think we've seen either one for several months now, at least in person.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, same for us. We have not seen in person the the grandparents really for yeah a few months at this point. So, yeah, for us going from once a week to once a quarter, I guess, at this point is is sort of what we're looking at. Um, can you talk a little bit you sort of touched on it at a high level but can you talk a little bit about how the kids are interacting with the grandparents now
1: well both in person and and over the video conferencing it's it was it's been interesting to see how that relationship has been building online it's uh, still a, a grandchild granddaughter relationship but it's not obviously it's not in person so that interaction we have a lot of unstructured zoom calls sometimes they'll want to talk to grandma just spontaneously or they will have done a dance and taken a video and they want to share that with grandma as well so we've we try to that it'd be nice if we had a a sort of a standing time you know let's say every sunday afternoon where we could talk together but mostly it's been spontaneous and and unstructured uh, which is nice so we've had a couple of in-person visits that are very limited outside socially distanced masks and just hanging out outside the house. Uh, not very, obviously not a lot of physical interaction, but they're trying to stay connected. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. On our end of the spectrum, you know, during the summertime and a little bit earlier, things were fairly under control over here. And so when school was over, which you know, we were all doing school virtually, but the last day of school is always a big deal. And so this year, my mom put together some carnival games. And so the kids went over, we, we masked up, and we were in their little backyard, and we did some carnival games, which is kind of how the school handles the end of the year normally when they're in. So that was kind of a nice event. And we've done the socially distanced meals a couple of times mostly during the summer, right? When it's a lot easier. And we did the Zoom holidays. So Thanksgiving and Christmas. And and one thing that was kind of nice is at least for Thanksgiving and Christmas, we sort of split up the side dishes responsibilities. So mm-hmm. what we would do is each family was responsible for a set of side dishes, and then we would exchange those side dishes. So You know, now we have the Zoom, and at least we're all eating the same food, which is kind of nice. And uh, even on Christmas morning, when the kids are opening the present, the iPad's in the corner. So (laughs) grandma can kind of see what's happening. And and the kids did sort of interact. Obviously, they're a little bit distracted, but um, I think that was nice for, for her to see. Normally, we go over to their house. Again, they're just five minutes away. So Christmas is normally at their house. So, you know, very, very different this year. One thing as we got into the summertime, though, that was nice is my mom started a a blog for grandparents, I don't know, maybe it was about a year and a half ago, so maybe six months before COVID started. And and the blog, it's called Call Me Grandma. And what she did was she focused a lot on grandparent activities that could be done with their grandchildren. So a lot of it was either cooking activities or arts and crafts. And obviously the cooking activities could not continue during COVID. So she pivoted pretty hard towards these arts and crafts ideas, which she talks about on the blog and she, she walks you through them. But what what's great about them is she comes up with an idea and then puts together all of the materials. So there's nothing that I have to do other than head over to her house and pick up a package with all of the stuff. And uh, some of these went You know, two, four hours at a time, which is great. It allows us to get some work done and get a little bit of free time. One of the earlier projects that she did was uh, paper dolls. And I guess when she was growing up, she played with paper dolls. So she finds an outline of a doll. She cuts that out on, I think it's heavy cardstock. And then she just provides some paper like designed paper that then our daughter can use by tracing the outline of the paper doll. She can make clothing so she can make say, you know, a rainbow striped shirt and Mm -hmm. whatever polka dotted pants based on the paper that my mom puts in the packet. So that was a lot of fun. They just last week. So even though, Camp Grandma, which is what it was called, was technically a summertime activity. They still do some activities. And just this last weekend, they did clothespin dolls. So my mom cut out different lengths and different colors of yarn for the hair. And then they had, again, some fabric that my daughter could change into clothing, which was great. And then prior to Christmas, they did some Christmas cards. So, you know, it's it's also helpful because... My daughter at this point is into a lot of the sort of arts and crafts manipulation type projects, so it's it's really helpful, and that has been uh, a blessing to just sort of have that, and and I'll talk a little bit later on about not just the fact that it frees us up, but there are a lot of other benefits that is becoming very, very clear to us in terms of what I'm seeing. The other thing or the other way that they've been interacting with the grandparents is, is similar to you that they've been FaceTiming grandma when they want. And and the evolution of that has been very interesting. I, I think that that really has been a function of our oldest first having these camp grandma activities and then her starting to understand that, oh, I can just go to grandma whenever mm-hmm. I want. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she's just bored. And so she'll, you know, she'll come up and say, hey, can I call grandma? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And grandma's always game. You know, sometimes it's 730 in the morning and she's like, I want to call grandma. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And so grandma will be in bed and, you know, they'll be talking. And, and I think as a function of that, our youngest who's four has started to see how she's been using Zoom to interact with grandma and he's been getting more engaged. And it's funny because over time, I've seen him start to hijack her calls. So she'll (laughs) call grandma, and then he'll get involved. And then he'll have this conversation. And then our our oldest will sort of fade in the background and start doing something else. And now all of a sudden, it's his call. But I think as a function of that as that's been his evolution is first hijacking her calls to now he's also at the point just in the last few weeks where he will also ask to call grandma and you know on the weekend sometimes they'll eat breakfast together he'll just sit down at the table he'll be eating breakfast grandma's eating her breakfast and it's just this nice interaction and I think it's been that everybody's been game so you know again we don't allow a ton of screen time but these kinds of calls are unlimited. If you want to jump on the phone and FaceTime grandma, that's cool. You can do that as long as you want. And that's the one place where we won't place any screen limit times. And so it's it's been something I think that has worked out for, for both parties. And so maybe that's a good segue into, Jim, are there any things that you're finding in terms of how your kids are interacting with the grandparents that you think
1: are working particularly well? The informal calls have been have been nice. I don't think that our daughters use that tool as often as your kids do. But that ability to interact with grandma just kind of spontaneously and spur of the moment has been nice. Because what I've found is that when they've got in-person visits, the the physical visits where we sit out on the sidewalk or we hang in the backyard, when we're done with those, the kids are really sad and are usually sad for several hours. And, and I think it's just because those sort of weird constrained visits just kind of underscore the fact that everything's weird and, uh, you know, and difficult. Um, So I think because of that, the Zoom calls, they don't feel that way after the Zoom calls or after the the video conferencing. And so I think using that more frequently is probably the the best way for us to continue to stay connected going forward. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I sort of, on on our end, I alluded to, write the art and and projects that my mom has been doing. And, And, you know, one benefit that I've seen, which I certainly hadn't thought about, is how their relationship has has deepened and, and that's not to say that they didn't have a good relationship before but if you think about prior to covid when we would go over there for once a week mm-hmm. you know there's seven people together and they have a few toys over there that they don't have at our house and so you know they're a little distracted and you're not getting that sort of one-on-one time with grandparents and so you know when my mom has these calls and the ability to just sit on the the um you know the zoom or whatever webex and to talk for four hours and and have, I think in particular what, what helps that is that shared experience. So when she's doing these projects, not only does she create a set for my daughter, but she has a set for herself. So they can do them together. And that shared experience has allowed them to linger on these calls and, and has allowed it to last for two, four hours at a clip. And so it doesn't need to be some big project, but it, that's the vehicle to allow for... These other conversations, you know, how is your bike riding coming along? How's math doing? You know, what books are you reading? All of those other kinds of things that would just sort of come up naturally in a conversation – are I think facilitated by the fact that they have the shared experience, and it it doesn't put the pressure on like what is the next thing we're going to talk about because there's always a little break about you know oh, how do I glue this particular piece on you know there's there's the ability to talk about the project also, so it gives a few different ways to interact, and so sort of perversely, I think it has you know this has helped their relationship deepen, so that is one that I find to be very, very useful. The other things that they've started to do recently. Uh, are they they've been playing board games together so my mom Mm -hmm. has seen some of her friends that do game nights certainly with the older kids and we were kind of like well how do we make that work with the seven-year-old and there's some games that definitely lend themselves to this kind of environment you know bingo is one battleship guess who and guess who in particular they're learning about logic and some of these other things so there are benefits in addition to just having that fun time with the grandparents to be able to also they're actually kind of getting a little bit of learning in there so that's kind of nice the other things are as i think we've both spoken about just allowing the kids to feel free to make those video calls whenever they Mm -hmm. want and also having the grandparents be again game to kind of taking that and not for them to make it feel to the child like it's a drag like oh okay i'm talking to you because i have to but really sort of embracing that and embracing the fact that the kids want to talk to them when they want to talk. To them. Mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. hard to schedule that stuff, right? So when the oldest is ready to go, she's ready to go. And I think it's particularly important for the youngest who have a little bit less impulse control. And if they want to talk to grandma right now, you know, as long as everybody's cool with that, then let's go do that. And that will help reinforce that relationship. So I think those have been working really well for the kids. The last one is sort of a more grandparent-specific one, but we got I got a digital photo frame, and there are a bunch of them out there. But what I was looking for in particular was something that I could configure on my own and really be able to manage on my own so that they wouldn't have to do anything. So I ended up with a star pick. It's a great frame, and I effectively yeah, have linked it, right, linked it to my um, Google Photos, and so I can push which photos they see and every month at the end of every month, I actually usually go back through the month's photos and then create a new album and then I'll push that to them. So all they really had to do when they got it was, you know, stick it on the wifi and everything after that, I control. So it's kind of nice because some of the things that you would probably normally do like talk about the fact that our son has gone from a, um, uh, a scooter to a balance bike. And I think he's ready for, um a pedal bike pretty soon. You know, all of those things that you would maybe talk about during those Friday night dinners that we used to do, you don't get that opportunity anymore. So at least this is a way of keeping the grandparents engaged by seeing the photos and seeing what they're up to. Mm-hmm. So are there any things, Jim, that you feel are not working so well? I mean, thankfully for me, the kids have, have adjusted pretty well to COVID and, and working with the parents, but do you find anything that you're like that was just not successful at all that people might not want to try?
1: I think you made a good point that the video calls have to happen when the kids are ready. You know, and, uh, you know, I said earlier about scheduling a time. And now that I think about it, you know, the kids, if they don't want to talk, they're not going to talk. And you end up just having some dead space or they wander off or, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not uh, somewhat, you know, it seems like it's wasting grandma's time. So following. So I don't think that works really well. But I think you fix that by really letting the children lead when they want to have those calls.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I guess the last thing that we wanted to do is provide a few other ideas here. And, you know, look, I want, we want to preface this with the fact that these, a lot of the things we've talked about are, you know, obviously on Zoom. And certainly Zoom fatigue is a real thing. But I think that Zoom is a tool, right? So in the same way that in middle school, when you're told to read Beowulf versus <laughs> when you're allowed to choose what you want to read, but those are very different experiences. And I think that Zoom is sort of the same way. If the kids have a a fun way of interacting with Zoom, it might change their thinking about how Zoom affects them. So some of the things that, again, we've been successful with our game night and Camp Grandma. Uh, One thing that we tried earlier on, which is a little less Zoomy, but is more sort of audiobook style, is my mom found an app where she could sort of create an audiobook. So you... It works with only a certain amount of books, and the uh, the book that we had is Good Night Moon because we both have it. So she read Good Night Moon, and then the kids can sort of change the page when they're ready, and they know at least that grandma's reading it to them. Um, You know, that was okay. I would say that maybe it's worth giving it a shot as more maybe a Zoom conference where you can sort of see the kids and interact with them. I think part of the reason it didn't necessarily work gangbusters for us is because I think at that point, Good Night Moon was maybe a little – too young for him at that Mm -hmm. point when we tried Mm -hmm. it but i think that's something worth worth giving a shot at even if you have young kids but you know sort of story time over zoom and then jim you had talked uh when we were talking earlier about something fun that you were doing with outdoor movie nights and i think that's a great idea if you want to talk a little bit more about that
1: yeah we did it for a similar reason to your your mom's doing the the, the art projects, it's a shared experience, you know, and even if they're not interacting a lot, they still got a uh, shared memory, spending some time together, you know, joking at the same times and sharing where things, uh, you know, are funny and they can talk about it a little bit afterwards. And the, the outdoor movie night was something that I had had an idea about, uh, quite a while and obviously it's working very well now in the, the shelter in place with the social distancing so we, we had an old tv a second tv and i dragged it out to the backyard and ran some extension cords and we could sit out there six feet apart eat popcorn and and watch the movie together so it's not i mean i know that it's not uh maybe not available to everybody if you don't have a backyard or a second tv or whatever but that's creating those sort of shared experiences as you indicated is really important i mean that's just kind of how relationships build Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and i think now you had you got a projector right (laughs)
1: that's right yeah yeah i love talking about that it's a digital projector it was a gift from the from my mother-in-law for exactly that reason she had enjoyed the couple of movies that we had had outdoors so now we've got a a very sophisticated digital projector and when the weather gets warmer we're going to be using that as well uh it's a lot of fun you know it's a novelty and it feels like having your own drive-in movie (laughs) and uh i mean it's a lot of fun so i'm i'm looking forward to doing that soon
0: well, we hope you got a lot from this episode in terms of ideas for how your kids can interact with their grandparents during COVID. If you'd like to connect with us, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Papa Fatigue. That's P-A-P-A-E-S-T-F-A-T-I-G-U-E. And if you like this content, please subscribe, give us a review. We'll continue to do podcasts around parenting. And we'll put all the links that were mentioned in the show into the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Puppy Fatigue Podcast. Talk to you next time.